bless you. I greet you all. Um, when do I miss for ochen sin to wait that his son come through it? I can't be a long go ni. And uh, I wasn't being a prophet. <laughs> it's just knowing the sky. Amen. Jesus says you can discern the sky, but you cannot discern the times. Right? When we wake up here in Wolfish Bay in the morning, then we know what the weather will be like for the day. Right? Um, but many times we are unable to discern the time that we live in. But um, either way, as we, as we learn to become sensitive to the things that God shares with us and communicates with us, we then learn to walk with Him in the Spirit. Amen. So, <clears throat> we are busy with this message on the breaking free from the spirit of poverty. And the spirit of poverty, it kind of... Uh, Joshua, I think if you can just put these monitors off if they are on, please. Then, so breaking free from the spirit of poverty, as I've said to you before, is also breaking free um, from from the internal effects of poverty. So, poverty teaches you a way to think, right? Um, we we all are influenced in many different ways, uh, different things. And circumstances has a way of speaking to us, right? Um, That's why when the Bible says, my sheep know my voice, okay? The, The voice, the voice of the Lord doesn't only come in a way that it speaks about, uh, for example, it only comes through scripture, or only comes that you, when you're looking for the voice of the Lord, you're looking for it in a thought. So you say, Lord, speak to me. And then when you keep quiet and you're silence, then you wait for a thought, right? The voice of the Lord doesn't only come in one way. The voice of the Lord comes in a feeling, in a vision, in a dream, right? An impression, a knowing, um, a revelation of the scriptures. The voice of the Lord communicates to us differently so there are there are times when i just know that this is it right there are other times where i spending time with the lord and i get a feeling and impression and then i know that this is what the lord wants me to do right Um, the bible says that jesus was moved with compassion so the compassion he felt indicated to him that the father wanted him to do something right so the voice of the Lord comes in different ways. And even so, situations communicate to us. Right? I can give you a certain look without using words and you will know I'm saying something. Right? And you will get the message. So, so what I'm, the reason I'm saying that is because, is because if I say that poverty... Physical poverty, right, as a way of 
talking to us, communicating, saying things to you uh, without you. So when you are there long enough, then it will tell you, you don't have enough. And it will become your way of thinking. So physical poverty has a way of installing thought patterns into you. If you are there long enough, thought patterns, and it, then it will control your behavior because the way you think actually controls the way you behave and respond right to life. So when we, when we understand that, okay, when we understand that it installs into us a way of thinking, a behavior, a thought pattern, influences the way we view life. It can become a blindness that you, you will never see opportunities. All you will ever see is lack. Right? It can make you a murmurer and a complainer. Someone who only complains about it's not, it, there's not enough for me. And instead of focusing on a solution, you always focus on a problem. Right? So poverty has that way of affecting you internally. Right? But we... I told you right in the beginning that there are different types of poverty. Okay? So today I kind of want to talk a little bit about the, 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 the internal poverty where, where we have a, where in the, in the church circle we have this understanding or this mentality that I am a, in the spiritual side, I am poor. Right? And it manifests or it reveals itself in things, in the way that I talk, in the way that I pray, in the way that I engage God the Father. Right? The way that I would practice my spirituality. Okay? The way I would practice my spirituality. It all, all of that comes from, from me being dominated by a beggarly mindset in Christ. Okay? Um, can I say this? In a way, let me just say like this, in a way that I think that I am empty and I do not have much to give, right? And I need so much more from God to be able to function. Amen? Okay? It's a mindset, but it is, and, but it, it comes from the spirit of poverty. Right? So, so, as I said to you before, there are at least 13 types of poverty that I have discovered. Right? You get your, in your physical poverty, you get, in the physical side, you get at least about, I think, four or five then going on to your walk. Take, for example, the Bible says to the church in the book of Revelation chapter 3, because you say you are rich and you have need of nothing, physically well off, but he says you do not know that you are miserable, that you are poor, and that you are wretched. So physically well off, but spiritually in a famine, in a state of poverty. So poverty affects us in different ways. Right? And, and it is for to us to identify that and, and to notice that. So today I want to 
just venture a little bit in the doctrine of Christ. It's still the doctrine of Christ, breaking free from the spirit of poverty. And then subtitle, the doctrine of Christ. So let's go to Matthew chapter 16 and verses 13. Matthew chapter 16 and verses 13. Okay. So to be spiritually effective in your life, spiritually effective, right, and to be victorious from, from what Christ did for us, we need to be able to, to deal with uh, a spiritual mind of poverty that affects us spiritually so that we do not function victoriously. Okay? So... And it says here, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Right? The next verse, verse 14. So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And I said to you before, when we come to know who Jesus is. They asked who, Jesus asked, who do men say that I the son of man am? Not who I the son of God is. Right? Who the son of man is. The son of man refers to the man Jesus. The one that we see. Right? The one that we see with our physical eyes. Right? The one that we can touch with our hands. The, the physical. Who is he? Right? And because he looked just like everybody else. He had eyes, he had ears, he had nose, he had mouth, he had a head, he had a body, he had feet, he had hands. He walked like us, right? He went to the toilet like us, right? He washed like us, right? He wore clothes like us. He's a man. Who is this man? Now, it's not enough to say that Jesus was Sent by God. Alright, that's not enough. That answer is not enough. Or to say that he was a prophet, it's not enough. Right? Because that is not, is not the, the primary revelation of who he is. Right? Or the fundamental revelation that we need of him. It's not... so. Because for the Muslims, Jesus is a man sent by God, a prophet. But he's not to them the Son of God. Now, in not believing that, they have not got life. And they do not have salvation. Right? And in not believing that Jesus is the Christ, Son of the living God, they are Antichrist. Okay? And that is just... Straightforward. So it's not enough for us to just say, know that perhaps you are Elijah that left in the chariot. Or perhaps you are John the Baptist that they beheaded and you came back to life. Or something like that. No. We, 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 can't, we are not just saying that Jesus is anointed. And that God did miracles through him. We are not just saying that. We are going beyond that because that in itself is not the faith. If you can only believe that, but not go further on into your faith, you do not have life. 
Right? You must come to uh, uh, this place. Verses 15. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? What is your revelation to his disciples, his twelve, that walked with him now for, I don't know how many, maybe a year now or maybe a year and a half, right? You've walked with me, you've observed me, you saw me, you saw what I did. I mean, he did miracles, did not the prophets do miracles? Uh, Moses did miracles. Moses was a prophet. He brought out Israel out of Egypt, split the Red Sea, made water come out of a rock, brought plagues, did things. Elijah did things. These guys also walked miraculously. And here the disciples are walking with Jesus and they see miracles. But it's okay. We know God does miracles because... He did miracles in the past with the great men of God. One sent by God. Okay? So, but after having walked a while with me to his disciples, who do you say that I am? And this is where verse 16, Peter, die voorbarige ene die, die ene wat altyd eerste sê, hy sê altyd, you always like, yes, Lord, let's do it. And afterwards, what did I do? You know? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Right? Christ, right? Christ, Son of the living God. And when we say Christ, we are saying this is God in the flesh. Jesus, who had a body like mine, wore clothes like mine, talked like me, had hands, eyes, and everything. This is God in the flesh. Right? And so, that is what we must believe about Jesus the Christ. So when we say Jesus the Christ, we are saying this is God in the flesh. Those twelve were walking with God in the flesh. They were watching God in the flesh. The Bible says, great is the mystery of godliness, right? God was made manifest in the flesh, right? So when we say, son of God, we are saying God in flesh. We are saying God dwelling in flesh, amen, right? And again I say, the scripture says in verse 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse 14, and the word was made Flesh and dwelt among us. How did he dwell among us? He walked in the name of Jesus. Jesus walked amongst these people. This is God that had come in the flesh. Son of the living God. Right? So to say, repeat after me. Christ is God in the flesh. In the person of Jesus Christ. Okay, that's who he is, and that is what I must believe, right? And so, um, when we look at that, that is very, 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 I say unto you, <laughs> very important, very important, right? Okay, because what that tells me is that if God 
could be in the flesh, in the person of Jesus Christ, it means that God can then dwell inside of me. That's what that automatically also means. That God is able to dwell in His people. Right? Okay? So, go with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verses 10. So, what you find here then is that Jesus is not giving you a gospel that says, if you come to me, I'll give you a better life. He's coming and saying, I came to give you life. And a life that will allow you to be victorious. Right? And through that relationship, you will be able to prosper. Right? But his primary goal is not that. Right? His primary goal is to bring himself to you. Okay? So John 14 verse 10. He says, believe. Let me read this one. Do you not believe that I am in the Father? Okay? And the Father in me. Okay? So you are Christ. And in Christ is the Father. Right? But Christ is also the Son. So in Christ is Father and Son. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. See, the indwelling God. The Father who dwells in me. God in flesh. The Father who dwells in me is doing the work. Not the Father who is far away is doing it, but the Father who is in me does the work through me. So, when I work, God is also working. Or when God wants to work, I have to work with Him. Right? Are you all, are you all with me? So if God wants to speak in the earth, He needs a mouth. So Jesus says, the words that I speak are not mine. Right? So the words that I speak to you, I do not speak of my own authority. In other words, the Father in me is speaking to me, and I use my voice, my mouth, to speak His words. So if he speaks in the earth, he speaks through me. If the Father works, he works through me. Are you with me? Okay, verses 11. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. So, the doctrine of Christ, as I've said, oh, as I've said repeatedly to you, is Father and Son. The Bible says that he that has not the doctrine of Christ does not have the Father and the Son. Right? So, to, in other words, the doctrine, the teachings of Christ bring to you Father and Son. Right? And it brings those two to you. So, Christ is the one that... That, that has within him 
fullness. Amen? Are you with me? The, the, the fullness of Christ, the fullness of the Godhead is in Christ. Are you all with me? Okay? So, in Christ, you are Jesus the Christ, Son of the living God. Wherever Christ lives in flesh or dwells in people, that is Son. But Christ is Father and Son. Right? Father and Son. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Right? And so in John chapter 17, we don't want to go, I don't want to give so many verses. Let me just say, Jesus said, I am going away because I want to be. I, in that day, what will happen? Right? You will be in me. And we in the Father. And I will be in you, but the Father is in me. And when I come into you, then it means you're getting the Father with the Son. So you cannot have the Son and not have the Father. Right? Because Jesus said, Jesus said in another scripture, He that receives me, receives not me, but him who sent me. So to receive the Son is to receive also the one who sent him. Because the Father is in the Son, and if you get the Son, you get the Father also. Are you all with me? Tell the person next to you, if you get the Son, you get the Father also. That's why the Bible says, God is in you. Right? God is in you. Okay? God is in you. So, the, we, are, we are looking... Now, nowhere does it say Christ, because Christ is a mystery. That's what the Bible says. Christ is a mystery. This is the revelation of Christ. That's what it is. Okay? So, go with me to... Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 and verses 6. As you have therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. See, you cannot have Christ. Go back. As you have therefore received Christ, you cannot have Christ without acknowledging Jesus, the Lord. Do you understand? So, Jesus, the Christ. So walk ye in him. Verses 7. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught abounding in it with thanksgiving. Okay? So you got to be rooted, built up, established in the faith. What is the faith? The faith is about Him. Right? Jesus the Christ. Right? When Jesus kept talking about faith, He said, He that believes in Me. He that believes in Me. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall have everlasting life. These things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, Son of God, and in believing you may have life. Right? So, the faith is concerning Him. Verses 8. 
Beware lest any man, anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. So in other words, there are so many basic principles in this world um, that, that, that we are taught, right? But then there's also the traditions of men. And the traditions of men are empty. They do not have Christ in them. They are empty. They are weak and they are beggarly. And so, you're t- so you must be careful of what you hear, right? Because we are searching for Christ. Okay, not according to Christ. Verses 9. So for in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So when we say Jesus, the Christ, we are saying right here, fullness of the Godhead in a body, Jesus. Right? That's what he's saying. Is it possible for God to dwell in man? Yes. He proved it. Right? Through coming in the person of Jesus Christ. Christ is God in the flesh named Jesus. Right? The word God became flesh. There he dwelt in, in the fullness of the Godhead. Dwelt in Jesus. That's where it was. Right? Everything about God. Fullness. That which... The, the word fullness is, 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 when something is full, it's not empty. Let me just say it like that. <laughs> when something is full, it's not empty. <laughs> right? It's in the body, right there. Okay, so what that means is, is that, so that fullness is Christ in Jesus fullness. Right? Okay? Verse 10. And you are complete in Him. See? Unless you get into Him. In Him. Complete. Who is the head of every principality and power. Right? So, in other words, when when something is complete, there's nothing lacking. Nothing lacking. He says, you are complete in Him. Nothing lacking. What is poverty? To lack. Now, if your spiritual life is dominated by the idea that you lack what is needed to live in Him, then you create tradition. Tradition of man comes from When we are under the impression that we lack. So we have to create something in the flesh. To make us get more when in actual fact we already have. And that tradition, that tradition that we now practice, which is seeking to give us more, is only but empty. That is religion. 
Right? We, because what we are looking for is not somewhere in the, in the flesh, in a fleshly practice. What we are looking for is dwelling inside of us. The life that we seek is a life that is within me. Right? Are you all with me? My body is used for expression. My body is for outflow. Right? When you have power or when you have electricity, you create a body. A line. The, the flow, the line is for flow. The line is for release. The line is for from where the, where the electricity is to get it to where it should be. It is to release it. The body is for expression. So when I pray, it's for expression. When I pray, it's for sensitizing myself to the indwelling of God. Not for more of God. It's for sensitizing. Right? I pray and I work on my relationship, not because I want more to come to me as if I don't have, but rather I'm seeking more of the expression of life through me. Very different. Right? I want more of the life inside of me to express. So to do that, I have to do certain physical practices, not for, or physical disciplines, not for getting more, but for sensitizing myself to God who dwells inside of me. Right? To get to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. To get to know the, the, the feelings and the impressions and, you know, the discerning of God inside of me when He moves, when He wants to move, when He wants to flow, right? You know, and what it is needed. So I'm looking for that. That, that is why I pray. That is why I must pray. Right? Because I'm trying to become sensitive to what I already have. Are you all with me? Okay? So, um, we are complete in Him. In other words, you have everything you need to be victorious. Everything you need is inside of you. Right? So, let's go to Colossians chapter 1, verses 26. Okay? So, when it comes to our walk in the Spirit, our walk in Christ, we must not be dominated by a mindset of poverty, right? Where concerning our spiritual life, right? Because the reason that's important, because your victory, your ability to overcome through ch your challenges that you go through, right? is dependent upon you understanding what dwells inside of you. Right? Okay, that's why I say, you don't... David said, Lord, send me help from your sanctuary. For him, that was somewhere. For us, that's here. Right? And it's here. In the people. Do you, do you understand that? 
Okay? The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to His saints. Right? Who are the saints? Come on, if you give your life to Christ, you're a saint. Let's see those hands. Right? Why? Because a saint is a saint by birth. Because the Bible says, when the angel said to Mary, and that holy thing that shall be born of you shall be called the son of the highest. That word, those words, holy thing, is the same Greek word for saint. They could have said that saint that shall be born of you will be called son of God or son of the highest. In other words, you are a saint by birth. That's why when they write the letters to the church, they say unto the saints. Because you are saint by birth. Tell the person next to you, right? I am Saint JP or I am Saint... <laughs> You are born a saint. It is your existence. You exist as a saint. Whether you might be very saintful or behavior, I don't know. But you are a saint. In that sense, you need cleansing. But in birth, you are a saint. The more you can believe that, the better you will express that. You understand? What we are trying to do is root you in the faith. Because the just love by faith. So we need to continuously tell you he's in you. So many different ways. So that you can say, Amen. So that you can say, so be it as far as true. You've convinced me. I accept it. It's reality, it's true. Right? And you know, in the, in the leadership meeting, I said to the people, you know, that spirit can dwell in you even if you can't feel it. Because it's about knowing. It's about knowing. Firstly, before you feel. If you look for feelings first, then you say, I'm empty. But if you look, if you go according to knowing, knowledge, and build the faith, build the faith, then the faith gives you access to grace. Faith gives you access to the life within you. Right? Are you all with me? Okay? So, Christ is a mystery. Right? I say that again. Christ is a mystery. You know what mystery means? Mystery is weggesteek. Uh, so, even if you say Christ, I know Christ is in me, but He's a mystery to you. Because it's not understood. From ages and years, but now He's been revealed to His saints. So, what does God want the saints to know? To understand the mystery. Okay, verse 27. To them, to who? To the saints, to the ones who are born holy. 
To the ones who are born, tell the person next to you, you are born holy. You know what holy means? Separate apart. If I take this and I sit and say, as my prayer stool, niemand, no one will ever preach again behind this pulpit. It's mine. You know what that is? It's holy. So all my kids are holy. Because they're mine. They're not yours. They're mine. They are holy. So you are God's children. You are holy. You are set apart. You are His. You belong to nobody else. You are holy. Right? You understand? But last week we said that when God is working and pruning, we bring forth the fruit of the holiness. <laughs> you understand? But I'm holy. You start there. That's the starting point. You start with, I am holy because I belong to Him. My wife is holy. She's mine, not yours. <laughs> right? That's holiness first. Right? Are you all with me? Okay? To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. In other words, Christ in you has brought to you the potential for glory to be expressed. Right? It be the expectation. But... Look at the words. What he wants them to make known to them. The riches. The abundance. The wealth. The fullness. Of the glory of this mystery. Who is the mystery? Christ. Where? In us. See? God in flesh. God in flesh. God in where? Christ where? In us. Right? Tell the person next to you, Christ in me. Tell them Christ in you. Switch that and say, God in you. Mystery. Mystery, okay? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay? You understand? So, so, in your spirit, you are so rich. But religion, because religion is empty. If religion is empty, then it needs you. Then it needs prayers like, Oh God, give me more. Now, we can ask for more if you use it correctly. I can say to God, give me more. But I am not taking from the outside in. I am searching for that that is in me. More of it, Lord. Greater expression. More release. More 
flow through me. Take over my bitterness. Take over my hatred. Take over. Take over more. From the understanding that I have. Right? You are not lacking. You are complete in Him. I'm giving you the starting point. Right? That might not mean that at the moment you're living victoriously, but if you get the starting point right, the place from where you start, right? From He's in me. He's with me. I am in Him. I have Him. I have what I need to overcome. I have it here. Right? When like that, then there is a greater, then you are developing your faith. That faith, right, is what makes you, uh, this faith is not an error. Bible says you err in your faith. In other words, you could be using faith, but wrongly, and therefore don't get results. You need faith to be, to be directed in the right direction. He dwells in you and in us. And He is the fullness. He is the riches, the abundance, the wealth. You are spiritually not empty. That's why you took away in your spirit the hunger and the thirst. He, that's why Jesus said, He that eats this bread shall never hunger again. Right? If you ask me to drink, I will give you water that will be in you, a well springing up into everlasting life. You have source. You have the source of life inside of you. Right? And it is through faith, through knowledge and through faith, the consciousness of that reality. The awareness of that reality. Okay? So, you are not poor. You, therefore, in your spirit, man, so you need to change your prayer. You know, if that is, if it needs that, right? It needs to change the prayer, right? The, the, the understanding or songs like, I hunger for you. We hunger for more of you because we are under the impression we are very empty. Right? But if it's sung in the right mind, I hunger for more of you as I have you in me. But I hunger for you to move more through me. I hunger to sense you more. The reality of what is in me. It's a good song. You sing it like that, it's good. But you sing it from a place of a poverty mindset. Or then it's wrong. Because then you bow your knee and you lift up your head in your mind. While your head is down, your mind is lifted up. Father, give me more. When the Father is in you. He's in you. He's in you. He dwells in you. Where does He dwell? In you. Right? Are you all with me? Okay, so the riches of God's glory is inside of us. Galatians 1 verse 15. 
But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. Next one. To reveal. To reveal his son in me. He that has the son has the father also. How do we know they dwell in us? By his spirit that he has given us. Right? Okay? That I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. So, so Paul's gospel was a gospel of Christ in you. The Son in you. The potential in you. The riches in you. Right? The, the life of God in you. God dwells in you. Fullness in you. The abundance in you. The wealth in you. Where is it? In you. Where is it? In us. In us. Right? And so, I must learn to love from what is within me. That, that's why, like, that's why, like, when you go through your trials, then you would come under this impression that God is far. God is not far. He's right in you, going with you through your trial. Right in you, going with you through your difficulty. If only we could see that He was in us. Helping us to overcome. Right? That's why the Bible says, Be you strengthened in your inner man by the Spirit. So where are you strengthened from? Within. The inner man is where you get the strength. Right? Okay? So, Galatians 2.20. Let's go to 2.20. So, this one says, Galatians 2.20. Okay. It says here, I am crucified. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives. Where does Christ live? Christ is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. But Christ, the fullness, lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, you see, where is Christ? In me. And now, the life that I am living in the flesh. So where is Christ? He's in the flesh. How? In me. In the flesh. Christ is in the flesh. In me. Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I must live how? By faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Where is the Son? 
in me. Because you are Christ, the Son. If Christ is in me, the Son is in me. And if the Son is in me, the Father is in me also. And I must live by them. I live by the faith of the Son of God who is in me. The faith of the Son of God is the understanding that by believing that Jesus is Christ, God in the flesh, called the Son of God, in believing that He has moved from there into me. Right? Uh, let's read first, first John. First John chapter, chapter 5. First John chapter 5 and verses 4. Right? So if the Son, if Christ is in me, it implies that I have been born of God. Born of God, right? So our sonship is not just a position. Our sonship is a, is a reality in which we exist. If I say I have sons, if I have children, in, in other words, they are born of me, they come out of me, they reality. It's not just a position. If I say to my to Nathan, you are my son, it's not just a position. It's a there's flesh and blood here. There's substance to it. If you are born of God, there's substance to it. There's reality to it, right? Remember, remember the mystery of marriage is this. One of the mysteries of marriage is this that in the beginning there was Adam. And God put Adam to sleep and took his flesh and his bone and he made a woman. When he looked at the woman, he said, you are flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. The, my substance, God took my substance and made you. Christ is the head and the church is the body, the woman. In other words, what he was saying through Adam and Eve, he was saying there's going to come a time where the last Adam will die on the cross. And when he dies on the cross at that time, I will take the spirit in him. And by that spirit, there will be many that are born of the spirit. And when they are born of the spirit, they are the very same substance as him. They are one. It's not a position only. It's a being in which I exist. You understand? It's a being. I am a son. It's reality. There are realities in the spirit that you cannot feel, but you can experience them by faith. That's why faith, we walk by, we walk not by sight, but by faith. Because faith has to do with unseen things that are real, that exist, and then when they are, when you live by it, they can influence the seen world. Right? Okay? So, whatever is born, exists, come from Him. Born of the same Spirit of Spirit. Overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. The victory that overcomes our faith. Verse 5. Who is he who overcomes the world? The challenges and the things that they face. 
But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. I live by the faith of the Son of God. The faith of the Son of God is that he is able to dwell in flesh. He dwells inside of me. Right? That's why your labor, your labor is the labor in faith. You want to work? Labor in faith. Why do you pray? Because I'm laboring in my faith. I'm laboring in my sensitivity. So, when I pray, Father, you are in me. I am in you. You said in your word that he that believes that Jesus is the Christ, is, is the Son of God, and in believing that, I would have life. You gave me life through your Son. But not only that, you said that whenever we believe in you, we will receive the Son. If we believe in your Son, Jesus the Christ, the Son Himself will come into us. But we cannot have the Son without the Father, because the Father is in the Son. And if the Son came into me, then both the Father and the Son is in me. This is Christ in me. This is prayer. I'm praying. What am I doing? I'm establishing reality. The knowledge, I'm strengthening my knowledge. I am, I am establishing it. I am rooting it. I am grounding myself in the faith. He dwells inside of me, right? And when He works, He will work from where? From within me. The Father who dwells in me works, right? So Father, when you want to work, you want to work through me. When you want to speak, you want to speak through me. If you want to rebuke the demon, you're going to use my mouth to rebuke the demon. If you want to break something, you're going to use my mouth, my, my body as the vehicle to do it. This is, this is what he wanted for a body. This is why he wanted a body. This is why the Bible says, resist the devil. Because the way God resists is by you. Okay? Right? Do you understand? So you, you gotta under, you gotta understand how important your body is. Because if you don't understand how important your body is, you are, you are constantly under the impression that God must work without you. He says the Father who dwells The Father who dwells where? Does the? So, my unbelief hinders the work. My doubt hinders the work. Be grounded in the faith. Father, I thank you. Every morning you get up, I am your temple. You dwell with me. You go to work, you say, Father, as I'm going to work, you are with me. I take you. To work with me. Where I go, you are there with me. You, you develop, you strengthen your faith by renewing your mind. By renovating your mind. Father, I am not an empty vessel. You dwell inside of me. Your very life is inside of me. It, it takes, a, you, you got to be conscious about it. You see, this is the work that I'm laboring in my faith. But if you wait for the trial, then the trial might overcome you. Because 
Jesus said, build your house upon a rock. And when the rain comes. Don't wait for the rain to build. Right? Build. Build while it's going nice. Build while there's peace. Build while there's no. No, that's not the time to be lazy. That's not the time to relax. That's actually the time to say it's building time. Because when the trouble comes, I'm ready. Right? When the challenges come, I'm ready. Right? You don't wait for trials. You build before the trial. Right? Because when the rain comes, if that house is built, erected, established upon the foundation, which is Jesus the Christ, upon this rock, I will build my church. What reality? That Christ is God in the flesh. And if he can dwell in the flesh, he who believes that shall have Christ dwelling inside of him. That is foundation, rock, upon which the church is built. It's built. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Who is he overcomes? The word overcome means prevail. Who is he who prevails against the work of the enemy? Against the schemes of the enemy? He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And that means that he dwells inside of me. And this is the faith that will grant me the victory. This is the faith that will say to me, I am more than able to overcome. This is the faith that will say, I am more than a conqueror on what I am facing. Right? That when I suffer in the flesh, and I know how to use my suffering. You see, what I come across is that believers some don't know how to use suffering. And what suffering does is makes you better and worse instead of better and more holy. Suffering must be used. And when su- what suffering does, it's not that, you know, I don't want to say that every suffering you are going through is God. Let's get that first, just out of the way. Let's just say, where there is suffering, He who is in me has already given me what I need to overcome. He has already given to me what I need to overcome. Right? It requires faith. Faith that's established in unseen realities. Right? Faith brings the evidence of things unseen. Right? It brings that evidence. So your, your, your establishment. So now I pray not because I want to, you know, like, I pray today. I did my list. You know, be as like a, because in religion, we pray because we want God to be happy with us. So I did my prayer. Right? Now you say, I'm, I, God, I went to church. Tick. Not TikTok. Right? Tick it off because I went. You see, in that practice, there's no life. No. 
But whenever it is practiced from the right perspective, it produces more life. More of that life fills. Right? That's why the Bible says that you might be filled with all the fullness. In other words, you have the fullness, but you need to use the fullness to fill you. Christ in you is fullness. Are you filled by that? Right? You have him in you. Now he says, be filled. That you may, that you, in Ephesians 3, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. In other words, it's there, fullness, but you must be filled by it. Right? So, the overcoming life of God. Right? You are not spiritually poor in the area that, in the type of poverty we are talking about now. Spiritually, you are not lacking what is needed to live. And the life that I now live in the flesh, Christ lives in me. So, I must learn to love by Him. Right? Are you all with me? Okay. So, let's go to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, verses 9. Okay, Galatians chapter 4 verse 9 says, But now after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? Weak, powerless. Beggarly, empty. Poverty, lacking. It's empty. To which you desire again to be in bondage. Verse 10. You observe days, months, seasons and years. You observe Sabbath days. You observe feast days. You, especially if you're in the Jewish context, you're doing all the feasts and celebrations and so on and the different days and things that they observe and you think that in them there is life there is no life it's empty it is empty right um, or we think by, by um, withdrawing from life and living like a like a nun or, a, or, or what they call ascetic ascetism which is to with, withhold myself or stop enjoying the pleasures of this world. Like simply going to the beach. You know, like simply enjoying a nice holiday. I will refrain from that so that I could uh, achieve a spiritual height. No, 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 no. There is no, that contributes nothing. 
to the life that you are looking for. Right? You observe days and months. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 and verses 16. Let no man judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths. Let no one say, why aren't you doing the Sabbath days? Why aren't you practicing the Sabbath days or the Shabbat? Or why aren't you practicing on the new moon? Israel had feasts that they did. Why aren't you practicing that? Or why aren't you practicing Passover? Or why aren't you practicing the Feast of Tabernacles? Or all these things of Feast of Weeks and Pentecost and practicing all this. And, and then they also didn't have certain foods that they shouldn't eat. Back in the old days, the I said, as you cook drink a sondag ye. That was in my ignorance, right? <laughs> because, you understand, in, the ab- in abstaining from something, we think that we will gain spiritual height or in the practice of something. So there was like, in the Jewish day, you couldn't eat certain foods, right? Don't eat pork. Right? Right? Besides all the, you know, it doesn't have a lot of health benefits. That's it. But if you eat pork, you are not sinning. Right? The sh- he says, which are shadows of things to come. They are shadows. But the substance is. Of Christ. It's in Him. The substance. So here you are. You get up. What's, what's it? The Sabbath will begin Friday evening at 6. Right? It's correct? Friday evening at 6. And then that would be your, your entering into your seventh day. And then there was laws surrounding the Sabbath day in which you would practice. Right? Because you are looking for rest. But Jesus said, come to me. And you will get? So, the reality of the Sabbath, while you are practicing the physical Sabbath day, you are living in emptiness. Because it was all just a picture of where the substance actually is. In Christ. Right here. In Him. Is substance. So the the real rest that you are looking for. The real refreshing. Because the Bible says. When you in the Sabbath day practice it. You will be refreshed. The real refreshing. Is in Christ. Christ refreshes your soul. Christ is the the one who gives you living water. that, That just kind of revitalizes you. Energy. Brings rest, right? The, the, the substance is in Him, right? In the Old Testament, when the, when the priests, when they made the sacrifices, they were said they should eat from the sacrifices. In other words, Christ is the Lamb. The one who was sacrificed for us, but He's also the food that sustains me. 
Yeah, the one who was sacrificed for my sins is also the one who became my food. The substance is in Him. The substance is in Him. If you're looking for Him, right? You're not looking for uh, something else. So, so what we do in the, new, in the New Testament, though we are not Jews, is that, is that when we are dominated by a mindset of poverty related to our spirituality, we create traditions. Let's pray all night. We want more of God. Right? Or let's do this. Why? Because we are under the impression we are empty. We are not empty. We have Christ in us. We are not empty. Vessels. Right? In our spirit, we might not have learned how to work with that ability or to walk by that reality which is by faith, right? And, and from a right mindset. But the substance is in Christ. Now, I've given you this one before. Let's read Colossians chapter 3, verses 1. Colossians chapter 3 and verses 1. It says, If you then be raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. So, now he's, he's explaining to you, how are you going to get into this reality? You have to seek the things which are above. The things which are from top heaven. In, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. The revelation of that. Verses 2. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. So what did I do earlier? Father, I thank you. I get up this morning while I was sleeping. You were in me. I get up this. Now that I'm up from my bed, I look in this mirror. Inside of you is God dwelling inside of you. The Father and the Son in me. I thank you, Father. I establish what? What am I doing? I am setting my mind. I'm setting my mind on things that are a not on things of the earth. Right? So, verses, why? Why not on the earth? Because I am born from above. I am in the Spirit. I must walk from that reality. I've already been conditioned with this earth by the principles of this earth, but I need to understand the principles of Christ. So, verses, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. That death and that hiddenness is not an, the, 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 the hidden, the life that is hidden is not the old life. Right? So, as I said before, like, you're saying, I used to go to the nightclubs, I did all this stuff and all the wrong stuff and Ali Sonder, but the Kadunat. That, that life is hidden in Christ. No, that's not what it means. The life that is hidden, because it's a mystery. Christ is a mystery, and the life that you are looking for is in Him. 
But it's hidden to you because you are blind to the revelation of the mystery. And so the life that you are looking for is in Christ. Your life. I am crucified with Christ. Yet I love. Yet not I. But Christ lives in me. The life that I'm looking for is in Christ. In God. That's where it is. So what you need is to strengthen your faith in the indwelling Christ. That's what, that's what we need. Right? And now, it is from that place that we give. This is the spirit of giving. The spirit of giving is the fact that we have. So, so if Ashton doesn't have 500 Namibian dollars to give anybody, he can't give. But if he has, he can give. If we feel that spiritually we are poor, what will we give? The very reason we don't give, that's why corporately we are not dwelling in the riches of His grace. Because all the people that possess grace are under the impression that they don't have. So they never give. Gansin for pastor. Gansin for smitty. Gansin for die broer. Go to the meeting. Why? Because I'm under the impression I don't have. So what can I give to you if I don't have? But when we become established in, established in the faith of what I possess, so the real key to the, one of the keys besides faith, I'm giving you a few, one of the keys besides faith is serving. Not to be served, but to serve. Can I pray for you? I was fasting for you. I was, I was asking God about you. And I got something. I, want, I got word. I want to come give it to you. I just want to encourage you. I just want to give you some hope. The spirit of grace makes the economy of grace flourish. Because any economy suffers when people start holding back the money. But those who have the riches of grace are holding it back. And swear Levon's Amal Aramsalah. Distribute. Distribute. This is breaking of bread. Distribute. You do it. You go to house church. Father, before I go to house church. Give me word for somebody. Who is there that's in trouble? Father, who is there that I must give money to? Father, who is there that, that needs a prayer? Who needs my support? I have in you. In me. I have you in me. What do I have to give? I want to serve. Don't look to be served. Serve. But for me. No, that's the wrong way. But for you. 
Let somebody else pray for you. I'm not saying you can't pray for yourself. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you've got to understand, we want flow. We want flow. The more we flow, the more we serve. If you believe you have the gift of healing, practice. Lay hands. Even if it doesn't happen, lay hands on the next one. Somebody will. And when it happens, a little bit will develop your faith. If you, if you, if somebody has depression, pray for them. Right? Give, give. Okay? Do you have to tell the person next to you, give. Ask the question, are you a giver? Right? Are you a giver? So, let me end off. Let me end off. I'm going to just go on forever. Let me end off here. Listen, do you know why there are multiple reasons, but one of the main reasons why we don't grow in the grace that we have is because we have not yet accepted the Lordship of Christ. Christ lives in me, but I have not yet accepted that He has the right to tell me no. He can ask me to do something, but I'll still like, uh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. We have still given ourselves the right to say no. Paul said when he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus, right? He said, Who are you, Lord? What must I do? Right? Jesus is more our servant than we are his. Right? This, and until we, until we are unwilling to submit to his lordship, you will only grow to a certain place and you won't be able to go through. Because, because it's there where he tells you, just stay there. I remember that that morning Dolphin Dolphin Beach in that room in the flat. Very, very tough period of my life. Lying on the floor, crying my Lich. Have you ever cried where your heart is so full? That by the time you finished crying, you feel like there's a hole in your heart. Have you ever cried like that? If you haven't cried like that, you haven't cried yet. <laughs> I'm just joking. Just making a joke. That morning, when I finished crying, I felt there was like a hole. When I breathed, it was like, just like, just like that. That morning, I said to the Lord, I don't want you to change anything. I'm not here to change. I'm just here to help me. 
overcome. And I said, Lord, if I get up from here, just be with me. Right? At that time, I didn't understand to the way I understand that Christ is in me. I said, Lord, just be with me. You don't have to change anything. As long as you are in me or with me, I will get up here and I will continue this journey as tough as it is. There are times when it's not rebuke the storm. It's let's go through it. What have you surrendered to His Lordship? Right? Have you done that? If you have not done that, you will only grow to us. You can only increase in your understanding. But you can't increase in capacity in spirit. Because the work that needs to be done will not only be done by revelation. It will also be done by suffering. That's a reality. And there are some things that he says that we dislike. That we are not willing to surrender to. To live by the one inside of you, you must surrender to him. You must surrender to him. He must be your Lord. That means he has the final say. Like Jesus, not my will, but your will be done. If this is your will, I don't want it, Lord. But if you say, Father, if you say go to the cross, I'm going. Even though I don't want it. Even though I'm fighting with it. Even though everything in me wrestle with it. But I will yield to your will. But that is where we, that is where we say, no, give that to somebody else. That's not me. Right? That's where, if we were in Jesus' shoes, we would have said, no. No, I'm not going. No, that's too painful. I'm not the one, that's too difficult. You telling me. But with Jesus it was. God, the Father, had the final say. Not my will. So it's fine if you are wrestling with it. But somewhere you must come along and say, if you say no, it's no. If you say stay, it's stay. If you say endure, I endure. I go through. Until you come to that place, you will not see the type of fruit you desire in your life. And the achieving of your purpose is not without total yieldedness to Him. In terms of your purpose, you will become unfruitful and barren. Because one of the final stages of your growth in Him is your total surrenderness to Him. And it, and that comes 
that place comes not when it is easy for you to say yes. When it's hard for you to say yes. Because as long as Jesus speaks the things that are in agreement with what I desire, Amen, Lord. Then it's Amen. Easy. Lord, what do you want to do with my life? No, you want to take me all over the world. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I serve you, my Lord. But then when it comes to the tough part, then it's no, 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 no. In other words, you are always serving yourself. You were never serving Him. Because as long as He can speak in agreement with my heart, then me and Him, we are okay. But he, it's as if we have not given him the right to say, no. Go through. Submit. Do. Right? We can't have that. If you want to, if you want the real fruit that must come forth from your life, you must surrender. You must say, Lord, whatever you say is final. And I'm now not just talking about when he speaks to us personally, I'm talking about when his word tells us things. Because that's many times where the challenge is, because when we hear, hear, we hear everything that, everything we hear, hear is always summoned make a fullness. He doesn't want me here. He wants me out of the storm. He wants me there. It's always, most of the times it's an agreement. But it's many times the word where we wrestle with. Unless, unless you give him, what is the title deed to your life? My life is not my own. My life is not my own. You will see fruit. I'm not saying it will be easy. But the one in you will sustain you. And you will find him in the storm. Right. Let's stand. We're going to have communion. The communion is the picture that he gave himself for us. Let's come forward and just take the emblems as we're going to partake. So, family, let's just close our eyes. It is for us. We must make a decision today. How many things is there that, that is expected of us that we do not do? I'm not necessarily talking about what I teach and so on. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit when He talks to you. Even things that you that are difficult for you that you know that is difficult. But you have chosen not to do them. Because He is not Lord. We must surrender to Him. 
to, to his lordship. It is not your will. It is his will that must be done. It is the path to freedom. It is the path to freedom. Father, we thank you this morning that you gave your son for us. You gave something precious to you. Your only begotten son. And then your son offered his life. And you say, no greater love has any man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. Father, my prayer this morning is that we would come to a place of surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That we will not only live in the knowledge that Jesus is my Savior, but we live in the knowledge that He is my Lord, my King, the head over me. And that we would surrender to that reality. Thank you for giving your life, Lord Jesus. Thank you for surrendering to your Father, the will of your Father to go to the cross. I pray that for each and every one of us here, that we would overcome our own will by the life that is within us and that we become obedient to the will of God even though we know it is hard and it's difficult. We pray for total surrender to the one who lives in me, yieldedness to him. And I pray that in that surrender, we would find your life, strength, and ever-increasing grace that is growing with inside of us from the yieldedness to you. So, we once again praise you and thank you in the name of Jesus Son of the living God. Amen. Let's partake, brothers and sisters. When you go home, have that conversation. Surrender it all. Surrender it all. You won't break free from certain things within you until you surrender. He's doing a deep work inside of you so that more of Himself can express through us. Right? He's being formed inside of us. Amen. Let's...